I'm Joe. And I'm Ryan. And welcome to the Budget Bros Podcast. We've set out to make something different. Our goal is to reinvent the meaning of the word budget and to help you achieve a quality life without feeling like you're really giving anything up. We share our mindset, give you the tips, tricks, and techniques that we use ourselves. We do the legwork and give you the very best of everything we find. Get ready. The podcast starts right now. Welcome to part two of episode 10 of the Budget Bros podcast. This is our season finale episode. So Joe, I wanted to start it off by asking you, what was your favorite episode this season? Wow, laying it on me right away like that. I like that, uh, Ryan. (laughs) Appreciate that. I would have to say out of all the episodes that we filmed this year, my favorite would be our 100% free episode. It was so cool because when you think about a budget, you can always add free to your budget. We had actually mentioned a number of free things that you can get at your public library. Just about every public library has them. But I got to tell you, the state that takes the cake is Washington State. Yeah, I might want to move to Washington just to take advantage of all the free stuff that they get at their library (laughs) system there. Uh, Especially like a VR gaming headset, a Nintendo Switch. If, If you're a gamer, those are items that are expensive and even hard to find yeah this was the oculus rift it's like no joke yeah it's pretty sweet to it's pretty sweet to live in washington yeah we actually just did a video and it's on our instagram page at budget bros podcast go ahead and follow us on there we do videos every day and in the video we show a browser extension where when you're shopping on amazon it'll automatically tell you if that book is available for free, either to pick up at your local library, to download an audiobook, or get the digital version right now. So no longer do you have to search through, you know, rows and rows of books at the library. You can just basically download it right there. Why pay for it when you get it for free? I think that's one thing that I didn't anticipate that we would come away with from doing these episodes. Uh, when we first started, we thought, okay, we're just going to talk about our experience. And when all of that ran out after episode one, we figured, hey, <laughs> we have to get to work. We need to try to get out there online and research and, and, and go to different forums and different places trying to find the best deals possible. You know, one tool that I just was able to use this week was from our second episode. Uh, we talked about online shopping at Amazon and web browser extensions. But in that episode, we talked about fakespot.com. I was looking for a mask to purchase and I found some on Amazon with like 500 five-star reviews. And sometimes things just are too good to be true. I threw the URL in on FakeSpot and FakeSpot rated it as an F, meaning that most (laughs) of all 500 of those reviews were fake. So, you know, coming away with all of these different tools and tricks, it's been cool. And and you talking about that library browser extension to get free books and audiobooks on Amazon, I never even heard of that last week before you did that video. Did you even know about that? <laughs> I didn't know about it until I did the research. I And now it's like, it's getting to the point where I'm like, my wife, Abby, will be like, hey, uh, we need to buy this thing. And I'm like, well, go ahead. And she's like, well, you're the budget bro. <laughs> You, you can find the best deal. And it's only because we're just constantly doing research on these types of things. So that was my favorite episode. What, what was your favorite episode? Well, the episode that you just mentioned was one of our top performing episodes. I think my favorite episode was our lowest performing episode on tiny houses. Mm. Uh, 
we lived the experience. That's the episode that we first brought my wife, Lucy, in on. And we tried to share our experience and some of the do's and don'ts of tiny house living. And when I first approached you trying to convince you to do a podcast on that episode, uh, on that subject, you were like, it's going to blow up, dude. It's going to be huge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, and you were like, I don't know how many people want to live in a tiny house. I said, dude, last the last recession, everybody was living in tiny houses. And now things are a little unstable again. I think that, that this is going to be a huge subject. And it wasn't. Yeah, I think the episode that you and I had the most fun on was the Costco one, because not only did we freely do the research and understand all this crazy stuff about Costco, you went down there and you filmed it and you know, you did all this research in person and you sent me it and I made a bunch of videos and boy, they, they really blew up on our social media. That Costco episode was really fun, uh, I think, for both of us to make, especially because in that episode we had, I think was our second guest ever on Mike and he talked about side hustles and it was an interesting interview. He, he had these crazy stories and, and different things I never even thought you could make a side hustle out of. Yeah, it feels a lot like the last day of school. There's no work to do. The teachers don't really care what happens. <laughs> Everybody just, you know, sitting around signing each other's yearbooks. Have a fun summer, you know, that type of thing. Uh, but it really is the summation of a whole lot of hard work between the two of us. And now we can take season one put it in a bow and uh, kind of be done with it and really focus on some really great things that we have prepared for season two. You know, we came from a place of never making a podcast before. We had no idea uh, what microphone to use, what uh, recording software, even what platform to talk to each other over. We, we kind of learned a lot through trial and error. So we're really excited for next season, trying to refine what we, we've done, uh, learn from which episodes people enjoyed the most, and, and try to uh, make better content moving forward. And we didn't realize through this process of expansion and social media and things like that, we're getting people from all over the world. They're either finding us through social media or they're just finding our podcast online or reading a blog about us somewhere. And what we really need is your feedback. You know, you can send your questions to budgetbrospodcast at gmail.com. And if you would just take five minutes and give us a rating and a review on Apple iTunes, that really helps us to grow. Yeah, that really helps us to be be found and be seen. I don't know about you, Joe, but I'm always looking for new podcasts. I enjoy listening to podcasts when I'm doing yard work or driving or whatever. I, I like to, I, I choose podcasts over music nowadays. My wife doesn't like that because she always wants to listen to music and I'm kind of turning into like the NPR guy. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, it, it's so hard to find podcasts. You yeah. you look through iTunes or I have Google, a Google phone. I look through the Google Play Store and they only recommend like 15 or 20 when there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there. It's hard to mm -hmm. find them. It's hard to be found. So if you enjoy our podcast, you know, recommend it to, to a friend. We, we really would appreciate that a lot. Yeah, now that the entire season's complete, you can tell them just to binge listen to the entire season. There's a lot of good stuff there. There's a lot of great ways to save money. We really think that these things are doable and they're things that work. We have big plans going forward. You know, we're not, we're basically going to spend the, our time off making really good content. It's not like you're not going to be hearing from us entirely. We actually have some smaller special episodes that we have planned during our break. We're going to release these small episodes uh, during 
our breaks to let you guys know that we're still there. We're still working on things. We haven't just disappeared uh, into our um, meager little tiny houses. Yeah. Basements. <laughs> we'll always be doing the social media stuff. So follow us, please. Go to our website, budgetbrospodcast.com. You can see all the social media stuff. We're posting daily deals, and they're, you know, we don't put a deal on there that isn't, a, we don't feel is a really good deal. So go, go check that yeah, out. One of those deals that you actually posted was one that I had found at the same time. I didn't even know it was an air fryer this last week at Best Buy. It was like $60 off. Yeah. Um, I purchased it. I have to go pick it up still. But uh, I'm really excited about air frying some meals. Now I've po- I've posted three air fryers that were really cr- they were all really good deals. Was that the eight quart, the big one? Yep, the the latest deal. It's funny because I found it online. I purchased mm-hmm. it, and probably twenty or thirty minutes later, I saw that you did the daily deal on it, and I started laughing. <laughs> As promised, we wanted to, you know, last week we said, hey, if you post your review, we were gonna give you a shout out. But we'd like to give a shout out to Chris. He sent us a really nice message to our email. He said he'd love to give us a five-star rating, but he uses Spotify instead of um, Apple iTunes. And on Spotify, you can't leave a comment or anything like that. So he just wanted to tell us that uh, I'm just going to read the review. He said, Hey bros, I've been loving your podcast for about a month now. I'm following you on Spotify. I've listened to every episode more than once. I would like to give you guys a five-star rating, but I don't use iTunes. Your wives, guests are always so helpful or sorry, your wives' guests are so helpful and your discussions are entertaining. Keep doing what you guys are doing, which is saving the world some money. Happy face. That's pretty cool. So thanks a yeah, lot, Chris. Th- that's really awesome. It feels good and it makes uh, some of the hard work that we're doing feel worthwhile, that, that people are enjoying it and, and being helped by it. So thanks a lot, Chris, and, and everybody else who's reviewed us and, and sent us emails. Please continue to send in your reviews and we'll make sure to give you a shout out during our podcast season two. (laughs) Well, in this week's episode, we're actually picking up where we left off in that conversation we had with our wives on budgeting. See, last week we uh, finally covered the subject within our name, the budget bros, how how to make a budget, what things you want to add to it. Well, this week, our conversation starts with you and Lucy comparing your favorite budgeting tools. And I'm totally going to win. Just wait. <laughs> We're also talking about, you know, what do you do if you make the budget and you're behind every month? What are some things you can do to keep up? Also, what if you're ahead? What if you're making more money than you make? What should you do with those extra funds? And how often and how should you be checking in on your budget? Is it a weekly thing? Is it a monthly thing? We're going to talk about that as well. And finally, make sure you stick around because we're going to give you a season finale gift. This is something that Joe's been working on since he was a wee young lad. He's been working on this forever. It's, <laughs> I don't know what he calls it. I think he calls it like the budgeting tool 5000 or something like that. Joe, tell our <laughs> listeners what you're... It's the ultimate budget tool. I like budgeting tool 5000, but go ahead. Can you explain a little bit about <laughs> the not budgeting tool 5000? There's all these free online budgeting tools, but this is something that you can really simply use, kind of a summation of everything where you can gather all your finances together in one place that's super simple. I've been using it for several years. I cannot wait to give it away to our listeners. So make sure you stay tuned. He's going to tell you exactly how you can download that free budgeting tool. So now let's pick up where we left off in last week's conversation. Joe and Lucy are going to be comparing and contrasting their favorite budgeting tool. (laughs) 
Now, I think there's different ways to think about budgeting. You know, for us, we found a great app that we use, Mint, and it's free. Anybody can download it. We're going to have Joe put that in our show notes this week. I use a different program. Yep. And Lucy uses, I know she does your main budgeting, and she uses a different one. And I thought, while we're on here, we can maybe talk about the features, the advantages, the benefits of each, and really talk about which one's better. She's actually been looking forward to this showdown of the Mint versus, <laughs> what, 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 is the pro, what is the one you Personal use? Capital. Yeah, the Mint versus Personal Capital showdown. In fact, what, uh, just this morning, we were on a walk talking about this show, and she's like, I really want to have a whole episode talking about why Mint's better than Personal Capital, and <laughs> she wants to have it out with you, Joe. Well, I'm ready for it. It's on. So here, here's the thing that I think scares a lot of people about budgeting because it really takes being honest with yourself. You have to really know where your money is going. And I think that can be scary for people because in the back of their minds, they know that they're probably spending too much on this or too much on that, but they're not ready to confront the fact that they they probably need to cut back in certain areas. But definitely the first step to a budget is to realistically know where your money is going and that's why I think having some sort of tool um, like the the mint.com or your personal capital is important to have because it makes it makes figuring that out so much easier without a lot of effort on your part it can be really hard to do a budget if you use multiple credit cards like I know we do to try to get the points or multiple bank accounts in some circumstances, or maybe one time you decide to use the savings account for something and you, you forget about it. These programs allow you to load everything in and it tracks it all in one place, which is just a really beautiful way to see each transaction as it occurs, no matter what account it's from. Right. I have like five savings accounts, three checkings, and probably about five or six credit cards. So yeah, I've been using Mint since before it was Mint uh, because the credit union that we belong to that I used to work at, they were using Inuit's platform on their website. So I started being able to pull in all of my other accounts and see them all in one place. And that's what's so nice about it is you can look at every account you've got in in one area so you don't have to go to each account to see like okay what's what's my balance here and what's my balance there and what's coming out here it puts it every it just puts it in one place for you to make life easier here's my assessment looking at personal capital that you tried to get me to get me sold on last (laughs) a couple months ago and having used I, i i will grant you this i've used mint for more than five years so, so you're used to it. So I'm very invested in it, yes. But at the same time, when I went to personal capital and I was fully willing to put all of my information back in again, <laughs> there were a couple things that I found that I didn't like. One was it seems very oriented towards investors. So if you're the kind sure. of deep, deep money person who's an investor, then that's all for you. But if, you know, <laughs> Mint, on the other hand, is very it's it's just pretty it has colors and it has pie charts and it has like 18 different ways I can look at where my money is going and what my net income is you know it just it has a lot of different graphs and a lot of different ways that I can look at where my money is going including I can look by category I can look by vendor so I can see you know where do I spend my most money and I will tell you from looking at that Amazon is number one and Costco is number two (laughs) 
I think it's just, to me, it's very user-friendly. It has a lot of categories preloaded, and it, it's very intuitive. Once you tell it, okay, these things, you know, like this income that comes in from my employer is always going to be named this. Well, then it will know that category. It will keep, you know, categorizing it in the same way. So it learns things. It's really easy to split transactions. So if I go to Costco and some of that is spent on food and some of it is like I bought a new toilet to install, then I can separate that transaction out into groceries and home improvement. So I I like, I I feel like it's really user-friendly that way. And, and you can do that, a lot of those things, not everything with personal capital. The reason that I like personal capital, and you're correct, you brought it up in the beginning, is they both are budgeting tools, okay? They both can load in all the transactions that you have. And I really like the way that you can search both from the app and also from online. Um, but really, they are more focused on the retirement planning. You can actually put in numbers like, I would like to save this much a year. And it'll constantly tell you whether you're progressing towards that or if you're off for that week. And they send a weekly email every Sunday telling you how close you are to the overall market in your increases in how your investments are performing. And so I see each week kind of a snapshot of how well I'm doing compared to the S&P 500. They are geared towards that investment side. And I will say one thing that I, I have a problem with is that they do try to get you involved in their investment services. And oh, yes. So they'll they reach have, out to you via email. They have and if you called f- me so many times, so <laughs> many times, and I've, I only joined like a month ago. Well, you know, they, they want to help, right? That's, that's what it's about. I'm not saying it's bad advice. It could be great advice. I haven't taken it. I personally take do all of that myself. That's up to each individual. I think it's always a good idea to get a professional involved. I feel like I'm professional enough where I can handle that. But you know, there are some things whether what whatever program you decide to use, whether it's Mint or it's Personal Capital and I do think these are the two best programs that are out there. There are some things that they both do really well that I just wanted to touch on. Uh, first of all, they do, like we talked about, they're budgeting tools. You know, in a snapshot on both programs, what you have in your account, all your accounts combined and how much, you know, your expenses are and, and things like that. And you can see the history. But what they also do really well is they track things like your value of your home. And so you can load that into their program through Zillow and it'll, it'll constantly tell you if the value of your home is going up and down or not. Personal capital does a better job of telling you, you know, it'll break down like, for instance, with my 401k, when I had a 401k and I didn't convert it to an IRA, it actually showed each sector that I had and told me better weighting. If you do this, you know, you'll have a better chance of success. For instance, I had too much weighted in U.S. stocks, so it told me to increase my international exposure. So things like that, I think it does a little bit better. See, again, that's that's investor nerd talk. And I, <laughs> I just don't care. You know what I mean? Like to me, and again, I don't really want somebody to tell me if I'm falling short of my savings goals either. I, <laughs> I don't really want to know about retirement yet. 
Um, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm using my 401k. We've, we've got SEP accounts for him. It, it's not like we're not planning for retirement, but I don't really want somebody looking over my shoulder telling me, well, you're not doing a good enough job. So that's I like the more hands off approach. You don't like to be held in. accountable. No, no, I don't. I don't want you to tell. I'm, I'm doing the best I can right now. And I really don't want to hear what you think. <laughs> See, and I feel OK because it's like a computer program. It's an algorithm telling you that it's not a it's not a human calling you and saying, hey, you're not there yet. So I do like that. Honestly, I do think that for the vast majority of people, user friendly wise and all that stuff, um, Mint probably is the better program. But if you're focused on retirement, I do think personal capital is the best. So I don't know. It might be a tie. What do you think? I mean, I feel like if you're just getting started, I think Mint is definitely the the place to start. Of course, like you said, if you're getting into investments, if you're getting into retirement, sure, um, move along to personal capital. Mint has a really great budgeting section so you can break down your budget and it will tell you at the bottom anything you that any transactions that haven't fallen into your budget. Again, it forces you to be honest with yourself where like, okay, this is this is where I'm spending. Here's my budget. I was pretending like I wasn't going to spend any money on this, but let's be realistic. I was. Part of budgeting is being honest about where you're really are and are not going to spend money. Like I could tell myself that I wasn't going to spend $600 last year on Starbucks, but let's be realistic. I was. So instead, I went and I changed our car insurance. I, I shopped around and I, <laughs> I saved I saved $600 on our car insurance last year. So there you go. You're um, like, Ryan, don't get in an accident because our insurance is horrible because of my Starbucks addiction. Um, No. Same insurance, different company. That's how it works. You just you switch car insurance every year. That that's my trick. Just keep switching car insurance because they always give you the introductory rate. And yeah. then once you're in, they think like, "Oh, you're going to forget about it and you're just going to keep paying this this bill by osmosis or something. Like you're not going to think about it." So they car, they keep upping your 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 bill every year. Mm-hmm. So instead, I just switch car insurances. I I just go between like the same 3 <laughs> every couple of years. I usually toggle between Geico, Progressive, and Allstate. And that's our money-saving tip of the week. Go ahead and play the music. Play the music. The, the, the insurance triangle. So now you've sat down, you've entered all your information into what, one of these budgeting tools. But what happens if you notice that you're in the red, that you're behind? What could you possibly do to catch up? When you are sort of behind hand with things, um, with your budget, obviously you have to start deciding which bills are going to, you know, if you, if you have a little bit of extra, what bills you're going to start chipping away at. And usually that's your higher interest stuff. You know, a lot of people don't, don't think about like, you know, they, they just look at maybe the, the, the smallest bill, but what you need to consider is where is your sp- your money being wasted the most, and that's with the higher interest. So really trying to chip away at your credit cards usually is, is your worst interest rate. If, if you do come into that extra, you know, tax refund and you want to put it towards something, put it towards paying off a credit card um, or a personal loan, anything that's got really high interest versus, you know, paying an extra payment on your mortgage. Yeah, and I think that I, I think that's a whole episode in itself on how to, uh, you know, if you are underwater already, if you are in the red every month, how to get out of that. 
Yeah. So, so really the budget is the first step, right? It's the, it's like the plan before you start a diet or some kind of exercise plan. If you just say, okay, I'm going to start exercising. Yeah. You'll do it for like one day and then you'll be done. But if you make a plan and say, okay, I'm going to wake up every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday at six o'clock and I'm going to run for one hour, you know, and you write it down or you put it, you know, in some place where you can see it, that's when you're going to have success. And so when you, you can think about a budget in those terms, you're writing it down, you're putting it to memory, you're seeing how much you're spending every month and you're making a conscientious decision to either spend less in some categories or spend more in others, but really getting to a point where you just have it firmly established in some regard. Or realizing how much you need for a second job. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I, I like what you said about the illustration about health because I know recently I had a doctor's visit and she told me that I need to be taking fish oils. Okay, that's fine. I need to take two fish oil, you know, pills a day for the next three months. All right, no problem. Until I ordered fish oils, they're humongous. They're gigantic. How am I going to choke this thing down? Well, don't break it. Don't break it in half. (laughs) (laughs) It is huge. They make you burp nasty fish taste too. Have you, have you had that yet? Like, have you swallowed those fish oils down and had like the nasty fish taste come back up too? Oh, we get the lemon flavor. Yeah, no, I don't have, I haven't had that experience, that wonderful experience quite yet. It has been a few weeks now. Of course, I haven't noticed the difference, but I've read up on fish oils and they're amazing for your health and your brain and all this stuff. So I'm going to keep choking down those huge, gigantic pills and I know that they will pay off. And that kind of compares to a budget. I know it's hard to choke down at first, especially when you're underwater, you're in the red. It's it's not easy, but you know it's for your own personal benefit, for the health of your finances, just as you would choke down that pill for for your physical health. So if you haven't already sat down to make a budget, sit down tonight, choke down two of those nasty fish oils <laughs> and get to budgeting. It really is about setting out that specific time, this is what we're going to do. It might be a little painful at first. This might be something that we're dreading, like I mentioned, like homework earlier. But buying out that time to do it is going to benefit you in the long run. A lot of people might come up with this. And, and I think Lucy started to talk about you know, what you need for that second job. You might come to the point in your budget where you're like, wow, I have trimmed absolutely everything I feel like I can. And I'm still making less than what I'm spending. And I can't change that then you know how much you need to make. You know, you might have to have a side hustle like we talked about a few weeks ago in our last or two two podcasts ago. You know, maybe I need to work for uh, Instacart for one day a week and that will make me hit my budget. We don't want anyone going out there working 80 hours a week and, and killing yourself. That is not what we're talking about. Just at least making enough so that you can hit that budget is really huge. And and that's something we've had to do in the past too. We've had to start businesses just to make that little bit of extra cash. Um, we weren't killing ourselves or anything, but just enough to get by. Sometimes side work is exactly what you need to get you by. And other times what's helped us in the past is even um, finding government programs and just a little bit of assistance. Go online, find out what's out there. There's even people who you can search that are they're going to put the legwork in. Uh, case managers, 
uh, people, workers. social workers, people like that who will help you. There's websites where every single state has one place you can go to, one website, and it'll show you all the government programs. So if you just search in <laughs> Bing, <laughs> or and Bing, if yeah. you Google something in Bing, we were talking about that earlier about how like some name brands are so popular that you just say them. It's like nobody nobody says, "Hey, give me a facial tissue." They say, "Hey, give me a Kleenex." So if you uh, Google it on Bing, you're kind of like bucking the system a little bit. But but no, if you if you Google you know, state programs, just see what's available for you. These are out there for a reason. And so reach out to those people, you know, see if you qualify for something. There's no shame in that, in my opinion. I agree. Sometimes you just need a little help. We're, we're, we don't need any of that at this point, but we wouldn't have gotten to where we're at if we didn't ask for a little help. So, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people have, have and are dealing with this exact situation where they're spending more than they make. And so those are really good ideas that we can use, I think. Yeah, but the question comes up too, though, Joe, what if after entering all your information in your budget, you see that you have some extra money to spend? Where do you want to spend that money? When you think about what's in your budget and you think about something like clothing, like we have clothing in our budget every single month. So so some months we're going to spend more or less on clothing, but that, you know, that's more like an average if you really want something, some piece of clothing or something, and it, it doesn't hit the budget, just wait till the next month. It, it, it loads back into your budget. So it's all about doing something that's realistic. And when you're deciding what you want in your budget, you know, take that into consideration. We personally spend a lot more on travel than we do on clothing and, you know, furniture and luxuries of everyday life. We'd rather save the money on those things and spend it on things like travel. Yeah. And in the beginning of the episode, when you made me talk about ratios, um, <laughs> ratios, okay, keep going. the ratio llamas, didn't he have like a Horatio llamas? Horatio. Yeah. He, he had like a show once. <laughs> Lorenzo llamas. Lorenzo. Oh yeah. That's him. Yeah. Okay, Horatio. Yes, Horatio Sands. Horatio okay. Sands. Yep. So in the beginning of this episode, we were talking about ratios and whatever you value, the most, you know, you guys value travel. Uh, I know Lucy loves food. Every single memory that we've ever had has to do with food. I remember she's like, uh, remember when we were in Hawaii and we were at that one restaurant? I'm like, yeah, but do you remember when we were snorkeling at the beach and doing, you know, all this other awesome stuff? She's like, yeah, but I really remember that meal we ate. (laughs) That's what she values the most. So whatever you really value the most, that's what where budgeting comes into play decide to spend the money in those areas. So you've already sat down, you've used these tools, you've created a budget. You don't wanna just leave it now and set it aside and forget about it. It's really important to continually check in, uh, sometimes even on a daily basis, maybe at the end of each day, to check those accounts to see what's going on. Uh, Let's talk about why this is important. Yeah, have you ever tried to just go one day, like one, like if you do your budget, just go one day and spend zero money and just see what that's like. It's a little bit easier now because you're not going out as much, but just what's it like to not spend money for an entire day? It's kind of, it's actually pretty liberating and freeing actually. Cause then you're not shopping online. You're not going to the store. You're not doing any of that stuff. You're just kind of focused on your situation. So maybe the day you fill out your budget, you could just not spend any money that day. 
Uh, I don't know if that's possible, but it's a good, <laughs> but it's a, but it's, yeah, it's, it's a good thing to shoot for, but there are some dangers involved in not checking your account frequently. Uh, let's talk about those. There are things that will come through your account. And if you don't check them, you know, they can go by the wayside and most banks and credit cards, things like that. They only give you 60 days to, to dispute a charge. And so if you're doing a regular budget, at least, I mean, even if you decide not to do a budget, at least review each transaction on your statement or look on your online banking daily, whatever habit works best for you, but check those charges. And if you see something that is unfamiliar, investigate it. Oftentimes we'll think, well, I didn't spend that, but then we turned out, it turns out we actually did <laughs> in some circumstances, but You've got to check those things because that's that's a great way to lose money. I'm always surprised at how much money we spend on food. The price of food has gone up so much. Every month, I'm just like, wow, that's how much we spend on food. And especially these days, we're not ordering out. We're not going out. We're getting, you know, Amazon food delivery, which to me is pretty much the same price as Safeway or fries or whatever, you know. Um, and we're going to Costco, which we know we save money at Costco. And still, I'm I'm just always surprised at that food price at the end of the month. Yeah, since we have been using Mint to track our expenses, uh, as soon as like DoorDash and those other meal delivery places popped up, uh, we were really both working full, close to full time and we're, we're, we're busy. And I didn't realize how much we were spending uh, just ordering out. And the thing about DoorDash is you think, oh, it's like 25, 30, 35 bucks at a, a time. And then you look at the end of the month, and you're like, oh, man, I just spent like $450. And I only got a certain amount of food. Things go up in price that you may not realize. And one big money-saving tip is to stop auto pay. Now I know that might sound crazy to a lot of people because they just want that bill to get paid. But when you have the physical act of looking at your bill and then making the payment, you understand better what you're paying. And with bill pay, they've made it super easy. Now we never want you to get off auto pay if you're, you know, just somebody who just cannot pay things on time because we don't want you to pay fees. But you know, you'll see the increase in price. And then what do you have to do, Ryan? Well, unfortunately, you have to take the time out of your day and call those different companies and renegotiate your bill with them. It's a little painful, but it's worth it in the end once you can can get those those prices back down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So has, has that been successful for you? Yeah, but it seems like you always have to immediately ask for the cancellation department because they're the only ones that can really do anything for you. <laughs> um, so don't waste your time talking to the first a line of defense, but <laughs> people don't realize this. Sometimes you can call your credit card companies and request them to lower your rate. So if you're trying to, you know, pay down debt, things like that, it's not a bad idea to give them a call say, Hey, is there some offer you have or some lower rate? I'd really love to pay this down. They'd be, they're usually really willing to work with you, especially right now. So another good reason to continually check that budgeting tool to continue continually check your credit card accounts is to make sure that you're not the victim of credit card fraud. You know, just this last year, for the first time, this happened to us, not one, but two times. Ooh. Yeah, we had uh, a business card compromised and a personal account. Now, fortunately, we caught this right away, we reported it, and we didn't have to take the loss. But if you don't continually check those accounts, 
you might be held liable for those lost funds. And when it came to our business account, I didn't realize that there's different rules for a business debit card than there is for any other type of debit or credit card. Even a business credit card is fine. But if your business debit card is compromised, it's really, really hard to get those funds returned to you. They don't fall under the same rules and regulations as, as other credit cards. Well, we want to thank so much Lucy and Abby for coming on the podcast today. I think our listeners always appreciate when you come on. Thanks for listening to our rants. <laughs> Thanks for having me this week. So that concludes our conversation with Abby and Lucy. But we promised you a very special gift of the week. Joe, take it away. Yeah, this is something I've been working on. I feel like since I was like in diapers or something, when I got my first computer, I made my first budget with uh, with spreadsheets. But uh, this is the ultimate budget tool 1.0. This is just a super simple way to take all that information in, in your financial life and put it in one place. And so it's a spreadsheet that you're going to be able to download. All you have to do is go to our website, go to the middle of the page and subscribe. Once you do that, you'll get an email from us and you'll be able to download this super sweet budgeting tool. I know you'll like it. If you have questions about it or you, you, you try to want to, if you want to understand it any better, please feel free to email us at budgetbrospodcast at gmail.com. The instructions are included with it, so it should be super easy to use. So Joe, can you tell us just a couple of the highlights, uh, a couple of the reasons why this tool is so useful? So not only are you putting in your budget, how much you spend or how much you're allotted to spend on each of these categories, you put in how much you actually spend and it'll tally for you. So it'll tell you whether you're on budget or whether you should maybe make some adjustments in those categories. It also goes over your yearly items. So if you have things like, you know, your regular Costco membership or Amazon Prime membership or your credit card renewal fees, that's all in there so you know when they're going to come and you can also budget for those yearly allowances. I think you really have to see it to appreciate all the hard work that Joe's put in to this budgeting tool. So just make sure you go to our website budgetbrospodcast.com subscribe, and we're going to send you that free tool. So before we go, we want to just give you a sneak peek of what you can look forward to next season. Well, Joe, have you ever taken a Myers-Briggs test? Uh, I have taken several Myers-Briggs tests. Uh, Well, for our listeners who might not know what a Myers-Briggs test is, it really tells you your personality type. It can tell you a lot of different things from what job that you should uh, probably be working in that would suit you best to possibly your spending habits. We're going to break that down. We're going to see how knowing your personality type can affect how much you spend. What else are we working on there, Joe? We're going to continue our series on mortgages, adding onto your house, whether it's worth it, remodels, building a house from scratch, whether those things are are worth it. We're also going to be talking about co-ops. Is that a good thing? We're going to continue our series on shopping. We talked about Costco this season. We talked about Amazon. Well, there's still a lot of different uh, places to, to, to shop. We're going to tell you the best ways to get the best deals. Yeah, and we're going to throw a few more in the mix. We're going to talk about eBay. We're going to talk about Wayfair. Uh, some of these places we shop all the time. What is the easiest and best ways to save money 
with those places. We're gonna tackle a subject that we meant to, to get to this season, the best way to purchase a vehicle. There's a lot that goes into buying a car, uh, from insurance to used or new, uh, many other subjects, we're gonna get to that this next season. You know, food costs have gone up way high. How can you save money on that? We've got some special guests lined up that are going to help just with that. And finally, we want to let everybody know that we're going to be recording these episodes well in advance. We're going to get to work almost immediately on this next season's episodes. So email us right now. Let us know what subjects you want us to talk about. Uh, any ways of saving money that you found. It just might end up as an episode next season. Please email us at budgetbrospodcast at gmail.com. So we want to thank all of our guests in season one. I want to thank you, Ryan, for joining me on this crazy journey of podcasting. Things have come so far, and I can't wait for season two. And you know what? Just for that, I'm going to let you take it away. I'm going to let you end this episode. Oh, man, I usually have to try to steal it from you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to let you have it this time. So we want to thank everybody for tuning in. We'll see you again in season two. Take care. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah? Okay. That's good. <laughs>